0: Hi, I'm Coastley. I'm a writer and mama four living in the Bay Area. I love talking about creativity, tech, motherhood, and the things that make my life a little bit easier and more beautiful. It's Little Things, the podcast for women who never want to stop learning. everyone so the last episode was back in november where i did a listener questioner question and answer based episode when i answered questions from followers on my instagram at coastrider and we talked about the best nursing bra which i now think is just the best bra anyway it's that really soft one from uniqlo that i've linked in my stories Um, And I've also talked about some work-from-home advice and answered a couple of other random questions, Uh, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for still having the podcast after a couple months of a a break and understanding why I had to kind of take a step away after having a new baby. Um, So in this episode, I want to give a general life update, like what life is like with four kids under seven. (laughs) and um a work update and talk about my word for 2019 and also share a little warning about beauty blunders and my new favorite lip gloss. Let's start with the work update. So 2018 was an amazing year. Oh man, I mean it feels, I just feel really lucky for all the serendipitous things that happened in 2019. 2018. (laughs) As most of you already know, I'm a copywriter. Um, I'm also a stay-at-home mom, full-time, so I freelance part-time. And I've been a freelance copywriter since 2018. Um, Okay, since 2008. (laughs) I cannot get the years right. Um, And that's when I first began writing for my boss, when I was a personal assistant in L.A., yeah, I was a personal assistant, but like so many people, I was asked by my boss to do some writing because he didn't want to do it, <laughs> and it was for his website and for a newsletter, and then voila, I was a copywriter, or at least trying to be a copywriter. Um, anyway, I feel like this is the way it happens with so many writers they, they, they want to be a writer. I've always wanted to be a writer, but it was too scary to admit it, so I'd only ever, you know, worked on some, on a small project for a friend or edited something for a cousin for fun. I would never say I actually did writing work or that I was a writer. I did major in English and minor in editing, so the groundwork was there, but I had no idea that there was actually a job where people got to write the words on stuff. They got to write the words on shampoo bottles. They got to write the words on the box of crackers. They got to write the words that were said in a TV commercial. That was my dream job. And if I would have connected the shampoo bottle copy thing to copywriting, I probably would have found my path a little sooner, but but that's okay. Honestly, it all worked out, and I'm glad I got to work a lot of retail and office jobs because I feel like it taught me a ton. Um, anyway, so anyway, this last year was really great for me. The book I helped write with the founder of Tubby Todd Bath Company, Andrea Faulkner-Williams, was published. It turned out beautifully, and that was thanks to illustrations by Erica Teague, and I'm really, really proud of it. It's called You've Got This Mama, And it's a journal of sorts with advice and tips on how to take care of yourself and kind of survive uh, young motherhood. And you can buy it on tubbytodd.com. I also attended Alt Summit in Palm Springs last spring, and I met some amazing people. I had a ton of fun, and I made some connections that ultimately led to a whole breadth of new writing work. I wrote for Tubby Todd a little more. Um, I wrote a few articles for the Harvard Business Review. I did some ghostwriting for a client for Medium, and I also worked on a few other projects. I helped with a website redesign for Becca Klassen in her new stop-motion studio with her husband called So Mighty. Um, And I wrote and took photos for the baby brand Munchkin. You've probably seen their sippy cups and baby stuff at Target. And I was also recruited by a couple of dream San Francisco companies. Um, This was really exciting and a huge confidence boost. And kind of helped me see that, you know, maybe what I have done over the last few years um, has built into something that companies I really love and respect and who I really admire and and I follow the content strategists and kind of content teams of these companies and they have reached out and it's kind of like it's just like really exciting to go oh okay you know it is kind of building into something Um, so I did have to say no to several projects that sounded really awesome um, but I couldn't do because I was either about to have a baby or I just had a baby. Um, but that, that all turned out really great, obviously. But this year I'm really excited about work again. Um, I took a break, uh, you know, I had the baby in August and I've took taken a break. And so I think that was really good, uh, just to focus on the family and I'm starting to feel like I can take on some minimal uh, work, client work again. I do have a potential client right now that I'm really excited about. The founders are really smart. They're women. Um, they're really cool and, and nice to work with. And I believe in what they're making. So, and I and I've just realized for myself that feeling, that feeling of appreciating and personally loving the product of the client I'm working for always seems to trickle down into the quality of my work and um sort of gives it that extra layer it also helps me to like I want to be so excited about something that I want to put extra time into I want to be thinking about it um even when I'm not actually working on it right not when I'm sitting down at the computer but just kind of always and um and this is, this is something. This, this client is that kind of thing. I, I know it's something I'll just be kind of thinking about throughout my day and um, kind of putting in my overall experience into. I do think it's really possible to do a great job, uh, whether you really care about the company and the product, but it feels more personally satisfying when you do care and uh, kind of can bring some of that perspective to it so anyway i'm really excited about that and i'll talk more about that um as that comes to fruition um another part of the work date is work update is that i registered for another conference for 2019 um it's called confab and it's a content strategy conference and it's in minneapolis this year and i'm really excited to go i've never been to minneapolis excited for that i know it'll be freezing but um it's my first time going to Confab, but I've heard wonderful things. Um, I've heard that you know the they're like top, the top three content strategy conferences are are all supposed to be really great, but this is the one I chose to attend, um, mostly because I one of the days um, Christina Halverson, who is sort of one of the lead content strategists, who kind of like helped develop the. I, I want to call it the curriculum, but sort of like the basics of content strategy, what it is and how to implement that within a business, how to convince people that it needs to exist, how to audit a site, how to think through and strategize what um, a company needs across all platforms. She kind of, along with others, has helped develop this whole field. And so she, on the first day of the conference, she's giving a all-day workshop so I'm attending that and I'm really excited about that I'm considering this my school like I'm calling it my master's in content strategy um, and treating it as something kind of serious like serious learning because I do I have been kind of battling like a little bit of guilt like oh I'm going to these two conferences are they really necessary Um, but they are And I know I'm going to learn a lot, and I know that conferences in the past have made um, a huge difference for me, and um, ultimately been great for our family, and so, I'm really excited, and I'm excited to, I've just heard that there's really great people at this conference, so... And then, of course, I'll also be attending Alt Summit in Palm Springs again, and this time I'm presenting at a roundtable discussion called uh, Copywriting What It Is, What to Charge, and How to Find Awesome Clients. So I'm really looking forward to that. If you're attending either of those, please reach out to me. I would love to connect with you before March and April so we can get to know each other a little bit and meet up in person at the conferences. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Coast Rider, that's K-O-S-W-R-I-T-E-R, or you can email me at coastaliecummings at gmail.com. That's K-O-S-E-L-I-C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S at gmail.com. On the same, <laughs> on the same wavelength. I feel like I need to be honest and say that you know while I'm really excited about this new year in terms of work and everything, and the new client work that's around the bend, and you know maybe new jobs. <laughs> there, there's um there's a lot of ideas in my head right now for what can happen this next year, but I'm also a little stressed. And I want to be honest about that. This is not just like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, 2019, like this is all going to be great and easy. Like I have four kids and <laughs> we live in the Bay Area and we don't have family around. And my husband is has a demanding job and it's a lot. It's just a lot. And I'm like excited about it, but I'm trying to figure out how to navigate all of this. And I also think this anxiety and stress is really natural when change is impending, right? Like, if something's going to change, there's always that that tension of uh, anticipating that. You know, I'm nervous about childcare arrangements, figuring that all out. Um, I'm nervous about not being enough for my family. I'm nervous about having a really messy house. I hate mess and clutter. Um, I'm actually, I'm nervous about being able to perform, about being able to do the work that I say that I can do. And I'm worried about what other people will think of me working more and having a lot of kids. And other things that really make no sense, like forgetting to remind my kids to put their books in their backpacks for library day, which is, I don't know why I stress about every week, but like I do. And not responding to optional class emails and preschool sign-ups and various things. Just things that I know that I wouldn't, I'm not going to be able to get to, um, like I am now. But what I've learned recently, and I'm trying to remind myself constantly, is that I'm not a naturally anxious person, which is something I have told myself for years. I'm also not a naturally sad or depressed person. I'm not weak or lazy or bored or boring. (laughs) um, which are things that I'm telling, that I have, I, I have told myself, and, um, I've just, I'm a person with a lot on my plate, just like everybody, and I'm at a specific season in my life where my family and my home life demands a lot, and it's okay if I sometimes feel anxious, because there is a lot to think about and remember and plan, and it's okay if I feel tired, because I have an infant and a toddler and two other kids and I don't always get a full night's sleep and it's okay if I feel upset or frustrated that my home, my car, my inbox, my phone, my refrigerator, whatever, my closet, they aren't as organized as I wish them as I wish they were. Because again, I have four small children and I can't do everything and I have a hundred other things that I love to do and need to do to be myself and to have the life that I want to have. And I guess I'm just always (laughs) forgetting and remembering that doing everything is impossible. And when I tell myself that I'm not doing anything, I'm lying to myself. It's not black or white because I do do a lot and I do it pretty great. (laughs) My kids are great, I'm good, my husband's great, my writing's good. But it could be a lot better, (laughs) Um, and I'm just in a season that requires a lot of letting things roll off my back, roll roll off my back, and taking a minute and honestly just trying to go to bed early. I want to do a whole episode about (laughs) like getting enough sleep, getting more sleep, and how prioritizing sleep has like changed my life. I love sleep and the results of getting a lot of sleep. Anyway, long story short. 2018 was wonderful and really full, and we had you know ups and downs like everybody. But I'm really looking forward to 2019. As a general life update, if I haven't told you too much already <laughs> that you don't care about, um, I want to talk a little bit about the four kids. So if you Google what is it like having four kids, there's a surprisingly few number of items that come up. I know this because I Googled it like eight times while I was pregnant, like desperate, like when I was morning sick and just laying on the couch, like month four, like still feeling so sick and like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? And then again, like at the end, the last couple of months, like, okay, why, are, why am I doing this? I know, I know how hard this is. Why are we doing this again? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and desperately trying to get some camaraderie and feel like, oh yeah, we got this. There is nothing, there's only like a couple blog posts that come up, and they are not very uplifting about having four kids. It's like, yeah, it's really overwhelming. But then I realized there probably isn't a lot of stuff coming up because the people who have four kids are so busy with their four kids, they're too busy to write the article and publish it so that we, the others who need it, can find it. But this is what I found so far, five months in, having four kids. All boys, seven and under. Although we had the fourth win, our oldest was six, but now he's seven. So, yeah, four kids, seven and under, all boys. This is what I've come to terms with. Three kids is not the same as four. <laughs> it's harder, like a lot harder. I thought with three, and having them so close i was like oh we're already doing all these things we're already spending all these times at parks we're already like in this mode of like um this is how often they need to eat this is how much you need to cook this is all the groceries like these are the kind of shows we watch the things we need to do as a family this is how much time we need to get them outside running around every day this is how much energy right this is how many diapers and like that is not the case like adding another baby is adding another person <laughs> We went from five people to six people. And the new baby is the least work, is the least demanding of the family. Um, the others are are more demanding. And, you know, there's always like the shift when you add another child. Um, everyone's kind of recalibrating. There's a little less... Um, time for everyone and so everyone sort of has to find the new normal and um kind of compensate and so that's like the rocky part of it too right is like adjusting to having another person in your family but just this sheer workload of having four small children and with various needs throughout the day um was a lot more than I was uh planning on and it kind of threw us off it really did um but I feel like, you know, five minutes in, we're starting to feel some normalcy, like the baby, we're start- getting on some more routine sleep with the baby. Um, we rearranged some rooms in our house so that our two older ones are no longer getting up so early. Oh, they were getting up at five and now they're getting up, you know, at like 6.15, 6.30. Um, and then we, you know, did that digital clock thing where we put a... Um, the name the the number of the time you want them to wake up we put a seven and then blocked off the minutes and so they only see the hour the number of the hour on the actual digital clock and then we put a sheet of a little piece of paper that says the number seven on the minutes side and covered that and said okay when you see the number seven then you can leave your room you can't leave your room unless to use the bathroom we only have one bathroom so we have to have that um that uh, caveat for them but it's like you're in your room until seven and they do it and it's like life-changing I can't believe they were getting up at five it was like the morning just felt forever long before they went to school so anyway that's a big thing our kids are getting more sleep it's like more normal (laughs) amounts of time in the morning and in the evening so that's really helped but just overall the shift of like uh you know this kid's crying, this, these two kids are fighting, and the baby's crying and nursing and needs a diaper change, and, like, that's all happening at the same time, and my phone is buzzing, and the, um, FedEx guy just knocked on the door, and then someone just broke a glass while they were fighting, like, it's just, like, it's like that, like, and then the laundry goes, you know, like, it's just... Crazy. Sometimes I'm like, "What?" and then other times it's totally calm. That's the other thing that has surprised me. You know, people say, "Oh my gosh, you have four kids! Like, that's so crazy!" And I'm always like, "You know, they're not all babies. Like, the two older ones like are really independent, and I think that comes from you know their age, but also like we've had kids close, and um, that kind of demands a little more of them. So they like really can get a lot of their own um, snacks and even some of their own meals and get their own drinks, like." everyone goes the bathroom on their own, like, um, and they do jobs and clean up their own rooms, like, there's a lot of stuff they do do, and they're helpful with the, um, three-year-old and the baby, you know, they can hold him and change wet diapers and stuff, so that is, it's different, it's not like having four babies or, like, a couple, you know, three toddlers and a baby, like, we have two bigger kids and, um, they can be really helpful, but anyway, it's just a lot, and I'm, like, the other part of this is I'm so desperate to find a few women that are, like, a few years ahead of me, so, like, but have four or more boys, like, I want specifically to be a family of a boy family, and they need to have four or more boys, because I'm so desperate to see, um, how, parents of a similar family just ahead of us are doing it and like the things that have worked for them and not worked for them and I just want to hear advice on the things they did to kind of keep their family close-knit and develop these traditions keep their kids active and how to specifically raise boys I've been deep in the world of um, trying to find books on how to raise boys um, how to raise emotionally aware boys um really loving and nurturing boys in a time of like this weird toxic masculinity that we see all around us um I'm trying to figure out how to raise good strong Christian boys um uh and kind of navigate them being open-minded and progressive and outward thinking and, and worldly while still being God fearing and, um, following Jesus Christ and still having, holding their, their beliefs and religion close to them. So anyway, it's like this, this dichotomy that I'm, that my husband and I are trying to feel out together and figure out. So if Two, two questions if you have a book you could recommend on raising boys um or a podcast please recommend it um email me at at gmail.com and i will share it on my instagram which is at Coast Rider. or if you know someone personally that you would want to introduce me to a mom of four or more boys i don't care where she lives but if you like like her if you think she's awesome if you if you think she has a cool family whatever you think she has something unique to share i would love to connect with her um and i will also share that like if you want me to share these women of of boys i really want to learn um i would say i have been listening to this podcast called on boys and it has been wonderful uh i don't it's two women two moms of all boy families and they've kind of made it their passion. They're writers, and they write about raising men, raising boys, and the specific challenges and um, needs and the emotional, physical, uh, physiological needs of, of males. And I have loved it. It's been really interesting, um, and I feel like I've learned a lot already. So I would really recommend that. It's called On Boys. I think it's weekly a weekly podcast um but they have a great archive I've been going back into anyway oh that was way longer than I was planning on on it (laughs) but um if you are curious about four kids I have a lot of of feelings always a lot of feelings okay my word for 2019 we're just gonna stop talking about four kids because I feel like I could talk about it forever um Anyway, if you have questions, you can DM me and we can talk about it more. Um, But anyway, my word for 2019. Okay, so have you noticed since the new year, like everyone's talking about New Year's resolutions, but how everyone is picking a word for 2019, like a theme for the year. And I've done this in the past and I really liked it. I love the idea. I think it simplifies it. It gives you one thing to kind of like focus your different goals throughout the year. But I have to be honest and say that this is sort of tricky because i'm saying my word for 2019 but i haven't picked one i haven't picked a a 2019 word because i haven't been able to i feel stuck and i've tried to do resolutions a couple different ways um since like the middle of december i've been working on it and i just keep feeling stuck so these are different ways i've tried to do i made a big long list of 19 things um that was an idea from the happier podcast with gretchen rubin and her sister and Elizabeth, and I made that, and then read it to my husband when we had brunch together, um, one morning, uh, just the three of us, my baby too, of course, our baby, of course, and he was like, uh. I mean, he's like, the ideas are great, but he's like, 19, uh, and I was like, you're right, like, I really shouldn't be making a list of 19, 19 things that, that they need to do right now, like, this is not, This is not what I need. Um, The other thing I did, I just just brainstormed words. And nothing fit. Like, I couldn't think of anything that I was like, oh, no, that's my word. Like, I'm feeling it. The other thing I did for a few weeks, the last few weeks, is is I did nothing on it. And so, nothing happened, obviously. I was, like, wondering if doing nothing would, like, make me have, like, a burst of inspiration. Like, oh, that's it. But that didn't happen either. So... I don't know. I, I, that's still just sitting. Um, I mean, I feel like I have... I feel like I do need to list specific goals or like it's just in the ether and like nothing's gonna happen. Um, and I want to look back and say, hey, I made that goal and I did it. Like that, I think that feels really good. I like the idea of having an intention. So maybe instead of a word, I say it's like more of a phrase. Like I want to be more this or I will seek this or something i think about it but I would love to know if you thought of a word or have a resolution or intention that you're sticking to for 2019 if you do DM me at Coastwriter or email me and I'll share it um okay so two more things the first is my sister Sasha just gave me the most amazing lip gloss and I love it so much it's called Buxom yes Buxom and it's like hot pink and it's a lip gloss that's bright pink. So, you know, definitely tinted. It kind of smells like peppermint. And it kind of feels like a cooling sensation when you put on. And it's a little plumping. And all those things together are making me very happy. I wore it to church yesterday. And I loved it. And I wore it this morning for no reason. I wasn't even... I was going to Sprouts. And I put it on and it just looks lovely and it's like um kind of glossy but it's not sticky it's not thick it's like really light I don't line my lips I never have I've heard that looks really nice but I just I just can't with that right now mascara and maybe chapstick is like the extent of my makeup sometimes I comb my eyebrows I don't know but anyway that's the one thing I want to talk about beauty wise second is a grave warning It's a grave warning about something that I have loved and talked about on this podcast in the past, but now I feel like I should warn you. Okay, this is the story. A few months ago, I pulled out my pink beauty blender sponge and applied a little bit of the ordinary, you know, matte makeup foundation on my face, right? So a beauty blender is a sponge they're like the mine was pink. They're usually like a cute color. Anyway, you can buy it at Sephora and then you you put the makeup data on your face and then you use this to kind of blend it over your face, right? So that so it kind of helps blend makeup evenly over your face and then on your neck. And um you don't have to wear as much because it blends it really well. Anyway, it makes it look lighter, not so cakey. Um They're really great. I loved them, right? Okay, so then I go to church. Great. Everything's good. The next morning, oh, wash my face, normal, blah, blah, blah. The next morning, I wake up, look in the mirror, and I have like a hundred tiny red dots that look more like, like welts all around my eyes, on my eyelids, under my eyebrows, under my eyes, on the insides of my eyes. This happens to be the same time I'm home alone with my kids while my husband is out of the country for a week and a half, okay? And our baby is two months old. And my mother-in-law's in town, like, saving our lives. Like, she's helping so much. Um, and then, and my kids, like, all of us, and she's also saving my kids from me, right? But then we go, we drive to Half Moon Bay for like day trip. We had already been planning on it. I have to wear my glasses. I can't wear my contacts because like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's like an eye infection in my eye too. So like, obviously I don't put in my contacts. I have to wear my glasses. We go to Half Moon Bay, which is already a big thing. Like it was so fun, but like, whoa. We go, we go to the beach. We get these sandwiches at our favorite little sandwich place at the main street at Half Moon Bay. We drive home in some traffic. Everyone's whining and complaining. And my welts on my face are just getting worse and worse. And I look totally creepy. And I don't know if they're contagious. And it's awful and they hurt and they kind of burn and I think I may have gotten a little sunburned on them from standing even on the cloudy beach because I'm so fair and I burn in like two seconds anyway I get home and after extensive googling I realize I have infected myself with some kind of like contact dermatitis from my dirty beauty blender I know it's so gross and I hadn't used it for several months I hadn't used any like makeup you know uh, conceal, or not concealer, um, foundation, foundation on my face, so I hadn't used it for a few months, and then, and I hadn't washed it, because I hadn't used it, and then lo and behold, after using it, this one time, I break, I break out in this rash all over my eyes, and it took about a week to fully clear, and it was really gross, and my- It was really sad because I hadn't seen my husband for like a week and a half. And he came home and I was like wearing my glasses with like these gross red bumps like all over my eyes. I was like, ah, welcome home. I love you. And like, I just, I don't know. I just felt really gross. Anyway, so now I can shout from the rooftops, remember to wash your beauty blenders. I believe you can just do it with cold water and soap or warm water and soap, but do it. You're supposed to do it like every time you use it and you probably should just throw it away and replace it like every four to six months. Like, at the most, because it does harbor bacteria. Anyway, let this be a warning to you. <laughs> I'm so sorry if this is, like, too gross, but I feel like I needed to tell people. I had no idea that you could get contact dermatitis from a beauty blender, so just watch out. And then I also, like, after this scary episode, like, I threw away my eyeliner and mascara because I just didn't know, like, where the infection was. I threw away any other makeup that I had used within a couple days of when I used the beauty blender. And I also just went through my makeup and threw out anything that was over, like, six months old, which you are supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to throw out mascara every, you know, six months. You're not supposed to have um, foundation for more than four or five. And if you're touching the top of the foundation, you're really not supposed to have it for more than a few months. Um, Eyeshadow, uh, I feel like that can go a little longer, but I wouldn't keep it for longer than nine months, Um, because, you know, because eye infections are a risk, like eyeliners, like it's important to be careful but I don't feel like I know anyone who throws out their makeup that that often as they recommend because it's you know it's it's expensive but like I would say if it's something that's like touching your skin more often just you heard it here first (laughs) I don't know actually but like be careful with those makeup sponges anyway thank you so much for listening and um thanks so much for like hanging in there while I took a break and I'm hoping from this time forward to have weekly episodes let me know if there's topics you want me to touch on um I kind of want to talk about um a sample schedule with kids um another sample work schedule work from home schedule now that I have a sleeping baby at home (laughs) that always gets interesting and um I want to talk about, like, new beauty products that I'm trying that I really like, um, and a few clothing brands that I've recently discovered that I, that I really like, um, but if there's anything else you want to talk about, uh, let's, let's do that. Go ahead and email me at coastlycummings at gmail.com or tag me on Instagram at coastwriter. Okay, talk soon!